to the latest episode of Rich and Weibo present the local artist show. Today's guest is an artist, art advocate, and the creator of Mental Health Connecticut's statewide mending art program. She has owned and operated art galleries, has worked with hundreds of artists throughout the community, and shares her experience and creativity through her work as a curator, a juror, consultant, published writer, and a public speaker on the benefits of art and well-being. Please welcome the extremely talented and the always inspiring Amy L.A. Smith to Rich and Weibo present the Local Artist Show. So Amy, welcome. Amy. Thank you. So glad to Thank have you. you on the show. Weibo told me all about you, and I'm very excited to have you on the show. He told me how talented you are. It wasn't good, he was bad. <laughs> he didn't, <laughs> I was trying to trying to uh, cover it up, and, but no, he, he, he was raving about you. So we gotta have Amy on the show. So welcome to uh, the Local Artist Show where we present local artists, people that are on up and coming, and I want to talk about you because you are an artist. Do you, you do you paint? Do you draw? Do you what what kind of artist are you? Well, first I want to say thank you so much for inviting me here today. Um, I consider myself a creative. So for me, artwork is um, when you allow your creative energy to come forth, yeah. and so you may. Um, find that through painting or writing or dancing or um, singing or uh, it can come forth in so many different ways. And, and so we use the, the word artist. Um, I think a lot of people, when they hear artist, they immediately think of the visual arts. Um, but I believe that all uh, creative energy when it comes through it is an art. I, I completely agree with you. And I'll just give you an example of different things I've done over the years. I've been in bands. I've been in radio. I've been in public access TV. I've done documentaries. I've done stamp comedy. I've wrote a book. I do motivational speaking now. And what else have I done, Weibo? <laughs> There's, but the, the reason I bring this up is that I agree with you. And I have so many different interests. And right now I was, I interviewed somebody. I'm doing the show. That's what I'm doing now. This show, and I'm also doing another show called The Claws Corner. And I interview people. One of my last interviews before the pandemic, and that's what started this whole YouTube channel was uh, he owns Elmwood Production Studios. Actually, you're friends with him, John Bristol. John Bristol, yes. Yep. So I, I interviewed him and he and I have the same taste in movies. So we said, let's do a movie show together. And he's my editor for that show. So love it. Yeah. Cool. But he said, we, we became friends. He goes, do you want to write a screenplay for my movie? I said, yeah, let's do it. So now I'm working on a screenplay for, he has a, he makes horror movies with puppets. Yes, we'll I'm very familiar. Yeah, so <laughs> he has a movie called Head, and right now they're making Head Part Two and Head Part Three. I'm writing Head Part Three. It's going to be great. And they're also, I have a book, Confessions of a Frenetic Mind, and he's going to be doing, I'm going to be writing the screenplay for that, and they're going to do one of my stories as in Elwood Production. So I bring that up only to show you that, yes, I agree that art is not only on the page, not only on the wall in the museum, but it could be anything creative. And I love that mentality because most people, uh, I think most people are afraid to try something new or try something because they're afraid of failure. To me, I think failure is what makes you a success. The only way you can succeed is if you keep doing something and trying it and taking chances. So it, it seems like you have that mentality. I believe that a lot of people have not had the opportunities to have the arts, um, you know, appreciated and uh, and brought into their lives so that they can really pursue 
um, their creative nature, because that's their true, I believe that's everybody's true nature is that creative voice. Um, so I think a lot of people just have not had that opportunity to explore and have it appreciated and valued in their life. So that's a big part of what um, I consider my work uh, and my advocacy is to um, let people know that they do deserve to uh, explore their art. They do deserve to um, get to know the, the community of artists that are around them. Um, they do have the opportunity to um, go out and look at a mural and talk about it. And mm. Um, mm. There, there's so much art and it's really the, the life of our community. Um, so I think people need to know that they're welcome to be, um, part of it they they are part of the community and they're going to discover that as they discover their creative voice and that may come out uh initially as they're coming out and um having the opportunity to appreciate the art that is out there well you mentioned this in the intro uh, let's talk about it since we're, we just, you uh, touched upon it a little bit you reach mm -hmm. out to different artists and you reach out to other people and talk about art and their well-being where do you go? I mean, I know it's probably a little bit different because of COVID, but before pre-COVID, what would you do? Go to schools, go to uh, museums and hold lectures? How would you go out and spread the word of art and being creative? Well, I find that if you go into an art gallery, um, there's a good chance that we're going to talk about art. If you go into a museum, there's a really great chance we're going to be talking about art. Um, if you go into, uh, well, just, um, Yesterday, I went into the post office and I asked the um, person working there at the counter, uh, what, what type of art do they create? And they looked at me and I said, happy World Art Day. And they looked at me again and said, well, I don't create art. And, um, and so we started kind of that, that conversation. I had a neighbor pull up the other day when I had just parked and um, asked, what, what do I do outside of work? And uh, I said, well, you know, I, I work in the arts and I, my whole life is around the arts. And I asked him, what type of art do you do? And again, he, he said, well, I'm not an artist. I'm not an artist. I said, are you an art appreciator? And yes, immediately turned up the radio in his car and let me hear the music he was listening <laughs> to. And we started talking about it. And so it's not necessary. I do go out into um, you know different programs and I talk with people about art, but I talk with everybody I meet about art. And um, I think we need a little bit more of that because uh, people aren't familiar with it. They're not in environments that are embracing the arts. And um, we need that to change. We need to um, get out there and, and talk about it with people and find out what's there, where are they with art and how can we help them explore that even more, dive deeper into it and, um, and discover that they, they have the creative energy. They just need to put it into to practice, and and then eventually it becomes you know every step that we're taking. Well, you, that's a great point. And a lot of people, we're in Connecticut, and Connecticut's a small area, and a lot of people think there's not a lot to do in Connecticut. And actually, speaking of art, there's a lot of great museums. I mean, we have New Britain, we have the little one in Torrington, Wadsworth Athenaeum. 
There's two or three in New Haven. We have Peabody. I mean, there's so many great museums just in Connecticut Madison. alone. Yeah. <laughs> What's Shout your out to Madison. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> have to have her on the show. <laughs> so for you in this area, for Connecticut, what's your favorite museum in the area and what do you enjoy most? Oh, <laughs> favorite? Yeah, you have a favorite? And I know you, you have friends that probably work in some of these museums, so maybe I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> I, I I love them all. Um, yeah. I probably have, uh, I love the New Britain Museum. Yeah, very nice. Um, I think that's one that, uh, was close by when I was growing up, so I was able to visit it often. Um, I have spent a lot of time in um, working throughout Waterbury, um, so I, I do really enjoy the Mattituck Museum, yeah. and, and I know that they just did their a, a wonderful um, ex expansion, or um, they've done a lot of work on the museum, so I'm looking forward to going in and seeing what they've done over there. Um, I love when a museum uh, really embraces community and um, encourages community uh, involvement and in exhibits. I think that's very important that the community knows that they're not um, detached from the museum, that they are part of that museum, local museums. Um, and I find a lot of people when I've said to them, oh, have you been to the museum? They'll say, yes, I, I was at the museum uh, when I was in school. Yeah. And I have to, you know, um, remind them that the exhibits are always changing. There's new things always to see in a museum. You'll never be disappointed if you go and spend some time um, in, in the museum. Now's a great time to go because the Wadsworth, anyway, is letting people in for free. So they're not even charging anybody. So you can go there. So now it's the perfect time to go. And even when it is full price, it's not that expensive. And it's a great time. There's so many great things. You know what I hate about, I, lo I love, there's two different, I mean, I guess you have it in every field, but in art, and I'll use wine as an example, there's a word called snobs. <laughs> like, because I noticed like, you know, you say somebody doesn't like them, you just don't understand art. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, that's the, I love those people. And I bring this up because, are you a fan of Jackson Pollock? Yes. All right. The reason I bring that up, there's a documentary called Who the Bleep is Jackson Pollock. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't, I didn't see that. I gotta tell yeah. you, I gotta tell you, it's a great documentary. What it is is this woman, she's down south. She basically lives in a camper. I mean, some I'm trying to set the scene here. She is has no culture at all. She goes to a tag sale, buys this painting for five bucks, ready to give it to her friend. Somebody goes, that's what Jackson Pollock. So throughout mm -hmm. the whole documentary, they're trying to prove that it's a Pollock. And they have all these art critics like, that's definitely not a Pollock. <laughs> you just don't understand. Like, I'm just laughing. I think that I, when I go to art museums or I go to different places, I love talking to people like you because you're open-minded and you want to share it. But some people, you're like, you don't get it. It's like, they just think that they're better. And I said, that goes with every field. But just, I noticed that a lot with the art world. There's some Absolutely. people who think they're like, just because you don't like the squiggly lines on the wall, well, you just do understand art, my friend. <laughs> I have found, I'm very familiar with that story, actually. So I'm glad that there's a movie about it. I'm going to definitely have great. to check that out. Yeah. Um, what I found is that um, a lot of people 
like I said, just don't have the opportunity to talk about art, haven't had that nurtured in their lives. So, um, you know, it's important to let people know that they, they have the right to their opinions and thoughts and ideas. I've also found that um, when there's something about uh, a piece of art that maybe the initial feeling is I don't like it, or you know that there's negatives around it. That usually stems from not um, the need to know more about the work, to learn something more about it. Because when you really stop and um, ask questions to the artist or, or you know somebody who's sharing the work, representing the work, when when you start asking and learning more about a piece, um, you start appreciating it more. And I have found in my life, I've seen a lot of art, I've been around a lot of work. Um, I love it, I love all of it, but there have been a, a few times, and I can count it on one hand, um, that I heard or saw or read something and my initial gut feeling was, oh, that's not art. And I caught myself immediately because it, it dawned on me, there's more I need to learn about the piece. Mm. And I actually ended up loving those pieces. They brought it to a new level because they challenged me to open my mind to an idea that maybe I wouldn't have thought of initially. And um, so, yes, there, there's that opportunity to um, look or, or experience art and uh and learn from it i think the only thing you can really do to make money in art it seems like is to die <laughs> it seems like <laughs> most artists after they're dead that's when all of their paintings sell i mean wow. just like with a musician too i mean dmx is selling more albums now than he did when he was alive but i just brought that up because jackson pollock died poor so many art, other artists died poor. I mean, going back to music, Mozart died poor. So it seems like, and it's funny, it brings up a funny episode of the TV show Seinfeld, where, I don't know if you're, I mean, I know you're familiar with it, but if you saw this episode where there was an artist that was dying, so George buys the painting and the artist lives. He goes, no, I got to sell it. It's not worth anything anymore. So <laughs> I will always tell people when they're going to um, invest in art, when they're going to, um, you know, make that purchase to purchase something because they love it and they want it in their environment. Um, I also feel that there are um, so many, uh, you know, the value of art goes far beyond the monetary value of the work. And when you're in that creative process and you're, you're, you know, making a piece, creating a piece, hands on in it, um, that's really the valuable part for the artist. Um, and then the more you develop that, that, the more comfortable you are with that, the more you're exploring it and challenging yourself in your studio, um, you end up kind of taking those steps that you, you, you're learning about yourself when you're discovering and expressing yourself, you're, you're seeing yourself and you're realizing, okay, I let this part over here go, but I needed it and I'm gonna do something over here and now I have to balance it. Mm. And you end up walking away from your studio and taking those steps, you know, right out the door into your next project, into the next person you meet. And that, that's where the value is. I, I said one day that I'm not sure 
if it's the art that I love so much or if it's all the people that I have met through the arts, um, the, the artists, um, the, the people who come out and, you know, appreciate the arts, um, that I, I think I, I just really love that part. And there you cannot put a value on that. It's priceless. Oh, I agree. Now for me, my favorite artist, I think is Salvador Dali. I just love his work. I love the surrealism. Mm-hmm. And I've gone, I've seen some, several of his works in different places. And I actually was at the Guggenheim and I saw there, they had a whole display of a Jackson Pollock. So I got to see some of his work in person. And it's so much different seeing it in person compared to watching a documentary on something. And like you said, I love going there and I love the experience where people with similar interests and you learn so much just from talking to other people. And it's, yeah, it's not just going to a building and looking at a bunch of paintings on a wall. It's the entire experience. And for me, if I don't really, I don't purchase high dollar art because I don't have the money for that. But if I did, I'm never going to sell anyway. And I would buy it only because I like it and I want to keep it in my house. So I'm with you. And monetary has nothing to do with why I like what I like. It's just that to me, my favorite, I like Van Gogh. I like Picasso. There's different pieces of work from different artists. I'm just naming the uh, the big names here, but I'm sure there's so many local artists. And you know, when I go, and I'm walking by like, wow, that's nice. And I would love to know the story behind that. And as you said, once you know the story behind it, you're like, wow, that's even more interesting than I thought. Right. So, that, the for- artist story is definitely, you know, a big part of the, um, the piece. Um, I actually, I did, uh, I helped put together uh, an exhibit, a Salvador Dali exhibit. Um, I don't know, was it like 10, 15 years ago um, out in Kent? Um, and so I was I was really immersed in Dali. And the more I spent time with the work, the more I learned about it, um, I was just absolutely fascinated. And we had uh, a book that um, it was the first time that it had been um, publicly shared. Uh, it was one of Dali's books that he had given to a producer um, of his his documentary, the A Soft Self-Portrait of Dolly, um, when this producer had been able to get uh, get some of the, the pieces that Dolly wanted in the documentary um, to happen. Um, so he took out his personal um, book with his artwork and he drew the Angel of Reconciliation and, and gifted it to this man. And um, we were very excited to have found the piece um, and to be the first to present the piece. And I just, I'll never forget that uh, opportunity and just to be holding his work and, um, and knowing those stories. Well, it's so interesting because from a distance, you see one painting, go a little bit closer, you see two, you go a little bit closer, you three, see three, go a little bit closer. So I mean, it's just a picture, I mean, painting inside of painting inside of painting. I just love his work. I mean, then you have the melting clock and so many different examples of his work. Yeah, the persistence of memory. Yes. Now there's a museum of his in Florida I wanted to check out. Have you ever been there? I have not been there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think we that. have to take a Rich and Weibo uh, local artist field trip here. I'm in. No, I'm not asking you to badmouth people. I'd just like to get your opinion. For for me, um, what do you or for you, what do you think of Andy Warhol in general? Because there's a reason I bring him up. Do you like his work? 
I, I do. Um, it, it would be very hard for you, you to say an artist's name that I would not like um, <laughs> because I, I would always somehow find um, elements of the work that I, I do like. You think that maybe more of a, he sold more paintings because of his notoriety? The reason I'm asking, because, you know, the tomato soup can. Like, I, I used to do a radio show, and I said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a Mountain Dew can. I want to see how much people pay for this. And they're like, I'm not giving you five bucks for that. Then the, in, that sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars, however much it sold for. I mean, do you think more, like, if that was just an unknown person, they'd be like, the tomato soup can. Who really cares about that? But since it was Andy Warhol, do you think that had something to do with the fact that that became so popular? Definitely. Definitely, no doubt. He, he he had done the work to be able to sell at that done you know, the work. level. The work. Now for, for you, it they sounds did. like you like so many different kinds of work, which I love. Um, mm -hmm. When you do your own paintings, what, do, mm -hmm. what kind of work do you do? Um, well, I... Um, my art really started with dance. Um, I grew up dancing. I danced everywhere all the time. You couldn't get me to stop. Um, and in through the dance, I would do a lot of choreography. Uh, so I that's really the part I loved was designing. You know, how how is this going to lay out? How is this going to work? Um, I grew up in a very creative family. And uh, I give them all the credit <laughs> for uh, instilling that creative appreciation in my life. Um, but I didn't realize that their storytelling and um, their visual work and all of that was really uh, resonating with how I was living my life. When I had to kind of pull back a little bit with the dance, uh, physically, I um, started doing these marker drawings. And my aunt said to me one day, she said, why aren't you painting? And I thought, I don't know, I'm not painting. I had, you know, done so much painting in school and always in the art departments, but never really saw myself as a, a visual artist um, until it just started hitting me. And I started creating all the time, painting all the time. Um, that kind of took to the next um well it, i went with photography dance visual work um i started writing um i started writing more because i was now trying to talk about what was happening in the visual work um my visual work i don't know if you can see some of this behind me um the series I've been working on right now is, um, it's called the Bookshelf Series. Oh. And uh, I had been at an exhibit one night, of, uh, it was an opening reception, and um, I was talking with one of the artists and I was sharing these stories just about how art, you know, really has had this major benefit on people's well-being and you know that's such an important thing that I, I feel that we need to um, talk about more we need a, our uh, community to value that more and um, and so she said you need to write a book because I have so many stories so many things I want to share I want to you know help people uh, have that opportunity and so 
I went home and I said, I'm, I'm going to sit down tonight and really start working on this book. I've been taking notes for years. I'm going to work on this book. And I ended up um, creating a piece. I'm going to show it to you. I did bring it in. Um, I don't know if you can see, there is a glare. Oh, nice. yep. I can see it. Wow. Um, and it's called Write Your Book. <laughs> yes. I couldn't help it. I just started um, nice. making an art piece. Uh, I started working with cut paper to um, create these pieces. Um, I had originally been illustrating um, some books that my mom had done. Oh. And uh, when I had was working on the cover of this book, I started doing the cut paper, which led into an entire book of cut paper artwork, which really led into the bookshelf series. Um, each part of it uh, is cut paper, canvas. I turn books into, um, I turn canvas into books. Let's see. Yeah. So, um, oh, nice. so that's a canvas, but I've turned it into a book. Oh. Um, because I think every piece of artwork, there's a story behind it. And I think that the more we start talking about those stories, um, the artist stories, the more we're going to start understanding the work no. and valuing the work. Are you self-published or do you have a publisher for that? For the books? So, are, yeah, for the book, are you self-published? Um, these are my mom's books and she's self-published. Yeah, now, she has about 12 or 15 books now that she's published. Wow. Let's give her a little promotion here. What's her name and where can people find her books? <laughs> uh, her name is Pat Clark Smith. Um, she has books on Trafford. That would be the probably the easiest way to find her books. But she she actually, her first book um, she wrote was called The Secret of Baiting Hollow. And um, she was always writing poetry, always uh, inspiring me to sit down and I would take out a little um, lined notebook and uh, she would have me on the top of the page, draw a picture and on the bottom, you know, tell a story about the picture. I grew up doing that. And then she'd put those little, you know, those little gold stars, the yep. stickers. Yeah. Yes. And that was like the big reward. Like, here's my <laughs> book. Now look at the, what I just did. And that's what we did on Saturday, you know, or, or Sunday, like we would, sit and I would write my story and do my drawing and she'd give me my little gold star and I love that. <laughs> um, but the first book that she published, she had written for my grandmother and it's called The Secret of Baiting Hollow. And my mom took and twist and turned all of the family stories to prove that we were land mermaids. And I remember reading this book and thinking, well, that makes sense. I must be a land mermaid <laughs> because uh -huh. it just makes sense. And since I have nothing to compare that to, I can just be me and just allow who I am and be comfortable with who I am. Um, so I went on a whole phase of painting mermaids on everything. <laughs> and that was really another part that kind of launched me into the painting was my mermaid paintings. You know, I'd say I love that because I think that I, I appreciate what your parents did for you. And my parents were the same way. They, they're they not artists and they didn't do anything like that, but they taught me to be open-minded and to like so many different things, all kinds of music, all kinds of art, all kinds of movies, not just be stuck in one type of 
genre of whatever you're talking about. And I love the fact that my parents did that for me because there's so much out there in the world and so many people are missing it because they had the blinders on and they don't realize what they're missing. And I love the fact now, but with your mother's books, you said that you did the illustrations on all of these things that you've done. Are you self-taught or did you take lessons for a while and with art, with dancing, with writing? I mean, is there, or do you just say, yeah, I feel like doing this. It's a Tuesday. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> uh, I grew up with a family of educators, um, principals, um, uh, professors. Um, so all of my dinner conversations were all educational. Um, there was never a, mom a moment that wasn't a learning moment, learning opportunity. Uh, when I was very young, uh, one of my earliest memories is uh, sitting on the beach with my aunt, my aunt Barbara. Um, we were in our in Long Island. We were sitting on this little beach, and my my family had come from Ireland, and that's where they located here in the states. And um, so here now, generations later, I'm probably about four years old. I'm sitting on the beach with my aunt, and she it may even been closer to three, um, but it's very very clear memory of her holding up her hand and she started stacking stones on her hand. And it was just us on this beach. You know, there's only a few bungalows here. It's like the best kept secret in Long Island. <laughs> it's a stony, stony, rocky um, beach. And, and we're just sitting there and she's stacking these stones. And I just remember sitting in that sunshine and knowing this is important. There's something happening here. She's creating something. And I just remember being very in tune with that. And then as I got a little older, I would sit on the cellar stairs at my grandparents' house and my aunt would have these huge um, pieces that she was working on, like eight feet long and you know four feet tall and maybe five feet. And she would do these little grids and then completely covering these uh, pieces of paper and go in each little square and do these little lines and then go back and do other lines and she would just fill in that whole um, piece of paper and I remember sitting on the cellar stairs she didn't know I was there and I would just watch her in awe because I was learning that it was about the process and what she was getting in the process and what we I know myself and most of the people that I talk with, when you're very connected to that process, you find peace. And I, I think we all need that. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to have those moments. So I think I was just kind of immersed in this my whole life. Um, I probably at some point or another took it for granted that I had these opportunities. And um, and dancing, dance lessons, competitions. It was all very much supported in my family. Um, but it was really when I kind of got out on my own as a young adult that uh, I really needed to find my art. And I kind of accidentally did. Um, and when I went to go see my grandmother one day and I was showing her all this stuff I was creating, she pulled out our family tree and our family tree didn't just have, um, you know, the person's name and my ancestor's name and um, where they had lived and, you know, dates. My family tree had their names and their art form. 
that they worked in. And it was an entire book of my ancestors. And every single one, the first thing that it said was the type of art that, you know, the medium that they worked in. And I said to my grandma, I said, why didn't you ever tell me that before, that all of our ancestors are artists? And she said, you needed to find it on your own. And so even though I had been immersed in it, I didn't necessarily see myself as an artist. Um, it was just life. And then when I really dove into that, you know, every waking hour, like in the arts um, and that need, that drive, that passion, that just I had to do it. Um, that's when they almost like unveiled, you know, you come from a long line of this and uh, you're going to explore. And I, I give credit to my art education, really, to all of the amazing people I've met in my life. Um, they've all supported me, guided me, shared information with me. Um, I've been an apprentice to people, um, to working artists. Uh, I've learned, I've worked in stained glass a lot, really, that really resonated with me, that process. Um, I've done a lot with block printing uh, as an apprentice. I have just been so blessed to have so many amazing teachers in my life who really um, wanted to help me learn. Um, yeah. I give credit to, to that and then just kind of being open and trust and having faith in my, um, my journey. Uh, I'm always learning in and out of school, always something to learn, always something to um a book to open up and, and discover something new. I think you're saying it in different words, but curiosity is the key. You have to be curious. You have to have an open mind. You have to want it. And, and the fact is that you're not afraid to try something new. And I love that. You're like, oh, stained glass. Let's do this. Oh, let's <laughs> try so I mean, anything that interests you, you're like, yeah, let's do that. And I think that's great. And I think that what makes somebody a great artist, and you can, um, I want your opinion on this, because, and it came from, I was thinking about the movie Goodwill Hunting, and the, the movie, um, Matt Damon plays this very intelligent kid, he knows everything, and Robin Williams is a psychiatrist, he goes, yeah, but do you know what the Sistine Chapel smells like? Can you go in there and, like, look at the ceiling and say, ah, that's, that's what it's, what, that's the feeling I get when I look at it? He goes, no, you can't, you can't get that from a book. I think life experience gives you makes you a much more well-rounded person but also in the arts world i think would make you a better artist because you're actually experienced all this and you could take your experiences and put it into your work definitely i i know um i've really been immersed in the arts and every single artist i've met has you know their own unique uh way and, and skills i i have learned so many different skills from so many different artists. Sometimes just looking, you know, at a painting, you're you're learning. If you're really sitting, standing there and looking and taking it in, you're learning. Um, I love creativity, and I think that, um, you know, when creativity and skill merge, you know, amazing, amazing things can happen. Um, but you need that creativity. I think that's the most important, that that allowing that energy to come forth. When you're working on a piece, you're putting energy into it. And somebody who then is viewing the piece is feeling energy off of it. 
Um, so that that energy is always moving, and it, that could be in writing also or music. Um, it, but that energy, that creative energy, is what is the life of the the art. Now, I mentioned in the intro that you owned several art galleries. No. I own one art gallery. One art gallery, okay. I, I, yes, I own one art gallery. Um, I had opened it up in um, Canton, Connecticut. Um, it was called Alas Art. Always laughing, always smiling. Uh, Alas is my, um, it's my initials, actually. Uh, when I was growing up, I'd look at the artwork on the walls, and I was very young. And um, in the corner of the artwork, you know, the signature, it said ABC. And I didn't know what that was, but I knew the letters A, B, and C. And I found out that um, as I got older, that ABC was Alfred Bernard Clark, my grandfather. So all of the artwork that had been hanging on the walls was my grandfather's. Wow. So when I really started um, <clears throat> when working on my paintings and art, I decided to use my initials. So I, I did A-L-A-S. And I thought it was more like Atlas because I kept saying alas, alas. And then one day I looked, <laughs> looked it up and I realized that um, alas meant kind of a cry of sorrow. And I, I thought to myself, but when I'm on the, the canvas, when I am with that canvas, I am anything but feeling sorrow. I'm, I'm feeling peace and happiness. And so I took the initials and I changed, I, I would still write alas art, um, but I changed it to always laughing, always smiling. And I find it very fascinating that most people, when I had that gallery, they didn't refer to it as alas art. They referred to it as always laughing, always smiling. And I think it's because people wanna remember that. They wanna, um, feel that that's what people connected with. Um, so I did have that gallery and, and then um, it was great. I was, I met so many wonderful, wonderful people um, there and really um, learned a lot. Uh, and then I started working, I um, was asked to come and work at Artwell Gallery in Washington, mm -hmm. um, which is where I met Weibo. Yeah. Rebo. Um, and uh, it was just an amazing experience. Uh, I realized that there were just so many amazing, amazing artists right, right here in the community. I just moved to Torrington. And I'll tell you, I wanted to live here since working at Artwell because I realized what an amazing community this is. And I, I just really love it out here. Um, but so those were the um, galleries I had been um, working with and, and helping uh, with that. And, and the Artwell family, um, I call it my family. Everyone I met there uh, became uh, my, my family and they have since um, all been so supportive in every, uh, everything I've done since. Uh, they've all continued to be in my lives and, and uh, I'm very, again, very blessed for my Artwell family. Now, where can people see your art? Because obviously, I'm sure you had some in Kent. Do you have some in Torrington? Because um, th this is a local show. We're in Connecticut. So where can people go and look at your work? Well, um, right now, I 
Uh, I just actually took down an exhibit. I had an exhibit over at, uh, at the Walker School in Simsbury. Um, and I have a show right now in um, Hampton over a photography exhibit, my first photography exhibit um, in honor of my uh, dear friend, uh, memory of his, everything he taught me with photography. I, I agreed to uh, exhibit my work at the, um, the gallery on Treadwell in Hamden, um, which is a live music venue. Um, yeah. Not sure, have you been there? Yeah, uh, it's, it's the former space, I think. The, I think so. Yeah, yeah. space, which was the outer space was back in the early 2000s, but I was just there recently over the summer, they had some bands playing outside. Great yes. place. And actually, yeah. I um, used to do a public access show, and we had a live show that was taped inside there. So yeah, I, I know the place oh, well. Yeah, it's a great place. Cool. I yes. highly recommend you go there. So do you still have work there? Yes. Yep. Oh, I have good. work there until the end of the month. Um, I have work. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Persona Land, but it's an um, online global art village uh, that Stuart Wilson, um, who had run uh, Artwell Gallery. Um, <laughs> yeah, People know. He is now doing an online global art village, and um, there are regular exhibits there um, that anyone can participate in. Uh, I think this exhibit is called Echoscapes, and there are over or about 100 artists from 19 different countries that are currently exhibiting on that. Um, I always seem to have my work in some show um, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> uh, there's always something happening or a show in, in the works. Um, and I will I will let you know when the next Please. show comes up. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're very good at networking. I can see that. Mm. And that's most, <laughs> that's very, very important. Being talented is important, but also the art of networking, which I think you mastered. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so besides that, are you working at anything right now that is somewhat near completion that we can look forward to seeing in the future? Yes, um, definitely. I, um, I am not a singer. <laughs> However, um, over the years, I've been uh, writing, um, writing poetry and such. And I kind of always knew that um, some of the poems that I was working on would be lyrics to a song one day. And I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited and nobody showed up knocking on my door saying, let me, you know, come up with the melody and add the instruments to your uh, poems. Nobody did that. I waited. And so <laughs> hmm. I finally one day, um, you know, it was, it was on the move a lot. It was always driving. I was all over the state and uh, very busy and um, didn't have my I couldn't be in the studio as much as I wanted to. I didn't have my paints with me. And um, and all of a sudden, these melodies started coming to me. Um, I'd be in the grocery store, and all of a sudden, I'm singing along to, you know, these lyrics that I had written, the poetry I had written. And so I started discovering um, that creative uh, outlet. Um, and... So that's what I've been exploring over the past um, couple of years, really exploring these melodies and getting them recorded. And I'm currently working with an artist, um, a singer songwriter uh, who does a lot of work in New York. Um, his name is Mick Reed. Uh, so he is now working with me to add more instrumental um, to my 
my melody and my vocal and uh, lyrics. Uh, so we're very excited about that. And I'm also, I've been working on uh, a book um, called There's Always Something Beautiful to See. Uh, and that, that one will take me a little bit longer, <laughs> but uh, it is a work in progress that I'm working on writing. Um, and, and additionally, I'm always working on my visual art and I do a lot with um, friends who are all over. Um, we do, uh, we mail each other art. Um, so that's a project that's always going on. Um, that's our, our visual conversation when we don't get to see one another because we're in different states or countries, so. Well, I was going to bring that up because that's what I love about, there's so many things I don't like about social media or technology, but I love the fact that I can type in Van Gogh, Pablo Picasso, the screen by Munch, and I can see it right there. I can do, you know, interactive things. I can watch things in live as it's happening now. So I think that we have the best technology right now that we can learn so much instead of going on there and tweeting or talking to our friends, which is not a bad thing. I'm not putting that down for people, but there's so much hair that we can use this. And I love the fact that, you know, especially during the pandemic, you can get on here and you could talk to somebody in Nova Scotia if you wanted to and have a great conversation. Yeah. And so it's, I think that right now is a perfect time where we can become so much more cultured, educated, and we have the world at our fingertips. I, I, I love the fact the, the the technology can allow that. I agree. And I have to tell you that um, an hour before we were going to meet today, um, I lost internet. And oh. <laughs> I, I was uh, on the phone with the technician and I, I said, no pressure, no pressure, but we have to get this done very quickly. <laughs> How about a future award-winning show? We, I know. The I can't let this show. Yes, I told him, I'm like, you're going to have to watch it. <laughs> we'll shout out to a technician who made this possible. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much. 100%. Yes, very grateful for that. You know what I love is your attitude. Because you actually have fun in what you're doing. And so many people believe in the tortured artists. Like they can't be creative without being tortured. And I love the fact that you do it and because you love it. And that's where the great work comes from. Instead of, oh, woe is me. Alas. <laughs> and Alas, most, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but most people, it seems like, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of some of like the, some major artists, had their best work done when they were in the darkest period of their life. And then when they found success and happiness and peace, they started to phone it in like, oh, okay, you know, it's, so I love the fact that you was like, I could just, your passion is oozing through the screen right now. And that's what makes it so infectious and so contagious. Yeah. And I think when, when somebody maybe is in that very, very dark time, um, you know, that, that's a, it is very important for them to be able to, go to whatever canvas, you know, they are, are able to um, work through yeah. um, what, whatever is happening. And um, so that may be why we hear a lot about it. Um, but I have found that there are times where I need to go to the canvas because I, I just need to, you know, shift my mood or my feeling. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I don't have to wait for those times. I can create at any time, any time of the day. You know, I used to wake up in the morning, I had my watercolor sitting right on my nightstand and I would just start watercoloring before I even got out of bed. So I like woke up and, um, and the more you, you're experiencing different times of the day, different days of the week, um, you're, you're able to kind of get that visual, that expression, you're expressing it to yourself. You, of all your different feelings and they're always changing. So your work will always be changing. Every piece will be different always. Well, that's a great segue because what helps you become inspired and come up with new ideas? I think the more work I do, the more ideas I get. Yeah. I, I have so many um, projects and ideas in, in mind, um, just not enough time in the day or energy to do a lot of the things that I want to do. But it also makes me realize that, um, you know, do it, do it now, do it now while I can, when I can. Um, I have a lot of ideas and I want to, I want to put them into action because it, it always is a good feeling to, to be in that process. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think the more you do, the more ideas you start getting. Um, and if you're having that moment where you're not inspired or you, you just can't bring yourself to put that line on the, the paper or, um, you know, a word on the paper and, and start writing or, um, it, that might be a time then to, uh, work on framing a piece that you already have, mm. you know, but that too can also be very creative or uh, writing about the, the work that you have done or um, it's a time to open up a book and, and learn about another artist or go to the museum and, and you will get inspired when you start surrounding yourself with more work um, with other art that's out there um, or like I said, it's a, a time to get your studio clean and, yeah. um, and get ready for the next project because it's coming. It's, it'll be there. Um, so there's, there's never, uh, in my, um, my daily activities, there's never a dull moment with inspiration. I've had a lot of inspiration. <laughs> I have tons now. I'm going to head up in the studio after this. I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> what sets you apart from other artists like what do you do to set yourself apart I mean, besides you have so many different interests and so many different activities that you do but say we'll use this as an example because we're talking about art right now as an artist with your work what sets you apart from other artists do you put your life experiences into your art I definitely do. Um, I, I think a lot of artists do that. Um, I think what I'm learning more over time is that um, the arts have more um, pot potential opportunities that we can explore with them than I think we have as a society thus far. Um, I think that the arts really can be an opportunity to, um, to start a conversation. Um, I actually had another piece here I wanted to mention. I um, worked on this little piece. I don't know, again, if you can yep. see. Oh, yeah, yep. nice. Right there, I can see it. Yep. Oh, yeah. And this one is called Snapshot of Hope. 
for a traveler. Um, and it's actually a, it is a snapshot of an original piece of artwork. And that original piece of artwork um, was a cut paper piece that uh, I had learned about um, an exhibit that uh, Ben uh, Grippo had produced this uh, show um, called Artists Against Overdose. And um, I, he was collecting art and uh, having this exhibit and the work in the exhibit was going to be, they were having an auction and um, all of the money that was raised from it, every piece that was donated, every, every piece of um, everything that was put into this exhibit was used to purchase Narcan to distribute throughout the greater Hartford area to, um, you know, he was raising awareness about the opioid um, epidemic that we're, we're in the middle of. And uh, I have to say it was one of the most amazing exhibits I had ever um, experienced. Uh, it was very powerful. He was able to really connect with people and spread the word um, about overdose. Um, he was able to spread the word and educate people about Narcan. Narcan saves lives. And, and he did this through the art. And so for me, I had donated this uh, original little piece of artwork uh, for the auction. And um, I don't have it. It, it was very, found a new home, a good home. Um, but I ended up creating this piece because I wanted to be able to tell that story about what, what Ben has done. I, I am so impressed that he was able to get so many people involved and raise awareness about a very important matter that a lot of people don't wanna talk about and don't wanna, um, maybe they don't feel comfortable talking about it, um, but we need to talk about it. And he did, he was able to start the conversation through this exhibit. And I think that's the way that um, we, we need to see that there is a greater value to art in how we connect as a community and we're utilizing the arts. Um, so I think that's part of my um, mission <laughs> is to help people utilize the arts to also raise awareness about um, issues that we need to begin conversations around. Um, and I give Ben a ton of credit. He did that. He did that in our community. Um, I also done some work with uh, the Veterans Art Foundation. Um, I, again, it, it was artists using the art to uh, help with um, PTSD. And uh, I just, I can't say enough great things about what the community is doing um, to, to bring up these conversations and they're, they're doing it through art. The artists are, um, being recognized, seen, um, acknowledged, heard, um, and they're doing it through their their work. That's great. You've done a lot of great work. What is, and correct me if I worded it incorrectly, but it's the Mental Health Connecticut Statewide Mending Art Program. What exactly is that? Um, <laughs> I, I did start the program. Um, 
it's I could go on and on and on about that. <laughs> uh, but have limited time utilizing here. <laughs> the, the art for um, for well-being. Uh, and I have to say, if there's so much information, you can definitely check out our website at uh, www.mhconn.org um, to learn more about the Mending Art Program. So this is something that you started? Correct. And then you handed it off to somebody else and they're still running it? Um, I'm, I'm still um, overseeing the program. Okay. And I know there, you said there's a lot to it, but what, in an overview, what exactly does it do? Um, it helps individuals. Uh, we meet each individual where they are and help them um, take their next steps with their work. Um, and it is part of learning skills and um, connecting with oneself and then being able to connect with others through art. So um, I know you mentioned so many different things. You're singing, you're dancing, you're writing books. With your art, um, how, what, wait, sorry. Have you always operated in the same style and medium? Or have, have you always dabbled and said, let me try this, let me work on this, let me try this way of doing it? Or have you always been, I like this type of art, this is what I want to paint? I'll, I'll work with whatever materials I have in front of me. If I have that creative energy and, you know, I'm walking down the street and there's some acorns or, or you know, leaves or something, I'm, I'm organizing them or <laughs> I, yeah. I'm looking and saying, wow, that's a really cool branch there. I think I need to photograph it. Or, um, you know, I do a lot with, uh, I'll, I'll use clay, I'll use beads, I'll use, um, I've worked with, collaborations with other artists and castings and um I've done uh well India Inc I love India Inc that's something I've been exploring recently um but what exactly whatever is in, well, explain to our viewers what exactly India Inc is we have to learn more to be able to explain it <laughs> but it, it's a black ink um and I used a, a bamboo brush um, to get my image on the paper. And um, I really enjoy, like how smooth it goes on the paper. And uh, just, I'm definitely exploring more with that now. Um, but, you know, where, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I'm usually doodling. Um, some people, when they're doodling, or, you know, you may just have some things on the table and in the conversation, I'm, I'm building something or creating something. Um, I have also learned that the doodling for some people, you know, their doodling is a distraction for myself. Um, if I'm doodling while I'm talking uh, or listening, I'm actually doing it uh, because I'm retaining more information. I retain more as I, I doodle. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, anything could be creative. I could be having a conversation with you and all of a sudden take something you say and, and make a song of it or you know all of a sudden it just depends um i have to kind of rein it in sometimes no no let it let it be free <laughs> one of my favorite quotes is he's a, a singer his name is frank zappa and he had a quote he goes the mind is like a parachute it only works when it's open and yours is 
very much open and you have so many experiences in such a short time and it's very, very impressive. I'm so glad that Weibo introduced us, introduced me to you so he could be on the show because I am very, very impressed. I can't wait to check out more of your work, your books, your uh, paintings. I want to hear some singing. So <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping somebody's still going to knock on the door and say, can I sing that for you too? You're going to sing it for me, Weibo? <laughs> I got to learn the song first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned somebody's going to be, you're going to be putting your poetry to music. Is that correct? You're working on that right now? I, I've already put the, the poetry, um, I've already discovered the melody and now I'm working um, with uh, Mick Reed and uh, he's a singer songwriter and, and we're really kind of developing it and exploring all the different options around really um, getting it to a piece ready to record. So we, we do um, have that in the, the works and the conversation that's happening. Um, right. And we're just gonna keep taking steps until we get there. It could be, you know, a few months, it could be a few years, <laughs> who knows? But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> well, the best thing is, is that there is no time frame. It's not like, all right, I have to get this done within six months. It's just let the creative process run its run yeah. it through. Like just you don't have to put a timestamp on and say, all right, in three months I have to be done with this because I want to go on move on to this. So that's yeah. great. Just if, if it takes a little bit longer, it's gonna be well worth the wait. Now is that gonna be able to be downloaded or people could buy it on Amazon? Where where can people find this when it does become available? I'm not sure yet, but we will definitely let you know. I, you know, I know that I probably, um, as I practice, I, I will sing it. I will sing my song. It'll be my voice. Um, I often, uh, I can still hear my grandmother, her voice when she would sing to me when I was young. And uh, so I want, you know, the song to be the song that I, I sing, my song. And I want that for my, my niece and nephew. I want them to um, really think a lot of what I do now is really for them. Um, they're also, they're, they are super creative. You know, they just talk about what inspires me. I spend some time with my niece and nephew and I just really, uh, I'm amazed. I'm in awe of children's creativity and I wanna know, why, why, as people get older, um, do they pull that back? Why are they reining that in? Right? And I think it's because they're afraid to give the wrong answer in schools. And, and you know, we kind of get a little more self-conscious and where, um, you know, when you're younger, you're, you're very open to playing and exploring and, and um, that's how we learn. So um, my niece and nephew, their creative creative energy is just, amazing and they inspire me and I want them to be able to hear the song one day and um you know know that that's their aunt um I, I hear it too. not want to say no <laughs> what was that I want to hear your taste of it <laughs> oh no not now not ready now next time but, next time next time um, <laughs> <time. laughs> I am not one to tell creative energy no um if it tells me to do something I do it. Um, I, I feel like who am I to say no to, to that energy? Um, and so that's why I'm going to do the song because the creative energy said, you're doing this now. <laughs> so you, you go with it. it. You said it perfectly because I think that, I mean, fear of 
being laughed at and fear of failure is a big thing. But I think as people get older, they're, they only do what's expected of them. They're like, oh, well, I'm in my 50s now. I have to work and watch TV. It's like, why can't you have fun? As long as it's not, you're not neglecting your bills, not neglecting your responsibilities. Go out and have, I'm 52. I'm still, as I told you, all the things I love to do. It's not going to stop me from being creative. I still have a job that pays the bills, but then I have so much time where I can do what I want. And so many people, I think, besides fear and sort of like becoming more and more introverted are more like, well, I'm too old for that. Why are you too old for that? So I love the fact that your attitude, which I cannot picture this changing. I think years and years, hundreds of years from now, what you just did with, you know, going back in your family history, somebody's going to say, wow, you and your great, 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 great grandmother, Amy, she was a great artist. She was all over. She did everything. I have a feeling that your family line is going to be running a lot of artists to, to be continued. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot. Now, what advice would you give to up-and-coming artists? Because I know that you go and you counsel people, you mentor people, you speak with people. If somebody said, I want to be an artist, and again, we're talking about artists in the general word where anything, you know, art can be anything. What would you tell somebody? Let the art guide you. Yes. I Let like it that. bring you where you, you need to be and um, have faith in it. Trust it. Trust your unique creative journey. It's not going to be like anybody else's. Um, and you just keep taking those steps. Uh, you know, I tell people who, uh, you know, they tell me they can't draw. And so, but I don't even see a line in the paper. <laughs> you know, let's let's get that line on the paper. And once you do one, it's like, okay, now what? It's like, do another and, and do another. And, and eventually it is, it kind of catches you. And all of a sudden you're drawing lines all over the place and, and it'll just, it'll keep guiding you and bringing you to where you need to go. And, um, you know, you'll meet who you need to meet. You will, um, have opportunities, you know, you may have a work in a, a gallery and, and it's priced and you, you really need it because, you need to fix your car because you need to find a job and all of a sudden you don't sell that piece but you just met somebody who helped you find a job mm. you know or or um you know it's 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 all connected and you just have to trust it you have to have faith in it and um be open to it yeah. and, and take a and chance yep definitely take a chance let that passion drive you as you know, you're, you're a published author. So, you know, it's, they always said, you know, when I was writing my book and I, I'm similar to you where I very rarely have a block in the creative field where, you know, either be comedy, either be writing or whatever I'm doing. But they were saying like the hardest part of writing is writing that first sentence. After that, it just flows. And it was similar to what you were saying about just draw that first line and see where it goes from there. And for me, I have to just let myself go. Like when I'm doing comedy, if I think too hard about it, like, oh, you know what? For the next 10 minutes, I'm going to riff on the audience. I would just go completely blank. I just have to go out there, not think of anything completely clear in my mind. And for me, it's not that hard to do that, but <laughs> <laughs> it comes very easy to me. But it's just that when I do that, like a lot of times for me, the creative juices would flow when I'd say, all right, let me take a walk through the woods and just don't even think. And that's where I would come up with comedy bits. That's where I'd come up with stories story ideas and for me that was a great thing just walking in the woods by myself 
And for you, there's two things I would love to see from you, a book of your art and a book of your poetry. Mm. I would I want to be the first one on that list to have a signed <laughs> copy. I'll even draw on the cover for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, the inside page, I'll draw on. Rich. <laughs> I think, I think that would be great. It, it will probably happen one of these days. Um, yeah. Not today, but. Not uh, today, okay. <laughs> I, it's in the works. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but it will. Um, I'll keep working on it. My my story that I'm writing will take me a little time, but um, that's okay because I I it's in the works, and mm. you know these are the things that get me up each day. Is I have a, a project that I'm working on, a goal, um, and I found in life that something may appear initially overwhelming, or you know I I, I can't sit down and just make that piece. Um, you know some of these pieces like with the all the shelves and the books and look good, it, baby. Look good. the thing is it it takes time and even if you just do one little piece each day um you get there and so working on that book with the artwork as long as I'm taking one little step each day and part of that was making the art make the art then photograph the art then you know it, it's all steps and as long as you're working towards that you will have a you will get there or you'll at least be in the process and the process is amazing so all right, a lot of things coming up. What's next and where can people find you? Well, um, people can email me if they would like to, to ask me any questions. Um, my email address is A-L-A-S-A-R-T at hotmail.com. And most likely you'll find me at a gallery somewhere or a museum. I tend to run into a lot of people <laughs> in the community uh, in those locations. Um, <laughs> I'm around. I'm definitely around. Or, you know, just ask Weibo. Ask Weibo, you'll find me. <laughs> no, 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 not me. <laughs> yep. Weibo will find me. <laughs> well, Amy, I am so glad that we found you here on the Local Artist Show. It was great having you on here. I enjoyed your, uh, your, your inspirational. I mean, I enjoyed everything you had to say and it makes me, I'm going to go out and either paint a house or write a book. I'm not sure what I want to do right now. shoes, <laughs> right? <laughs> the neighbor's going to call the cops and something's like, I just wanted to paint the house. Okay. Just give me a break. <laughs> call me, call me. <laughs> no, but it, it was an honor to have you on the show. And I really do thank you for being a guest and being Thanks, inspiration Amy. to so many people and doing so much great work out there. Like you said, with the opioids, with the, the other organization you started and there's so many and the veterans you talked about. So not only are you creating, but you're also inspiring and helping people all at the same time. That's a not an easy feat, but no, you're not. you're doing you're uh, doing it well. So thank you. Well, there are amazing people that are doing it. It's all community yeah. teamwork. We all do it. Um, we all pull together, and the more that we can, again, like I said, I think the the thing that um, is the mission here is to help people all connect through the art and raise you know, some of these conversations that, that need to happen out there. Um, so let's keep doing it and you're doing it. I can't thank you enough, you and Weibo um, for inviting me. You know, I could talk about art all night long, but instead I'm gonna go up to the studio and I'm gonna start making them. Well, you know what? 
only on one condition. You have to come back to the show sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Anyone who lets me talk about art? Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you very much. We will. Any final words for Amy? Amy, keep doing it. Don't give up. Thank you. Thank you, Bebo. Thank you for all your support. We're going to take off. The little guard is going to shake off. (laughs) (laughs) I I love how he turns it all into himself about himself. Keep doing where, where we are, right? Yeah. Uh, where we are. And, yep. uh, exactly. Stronger no, well, that wraps up the latest episode of Rich and Weebo present the local artist show. I would like to thank my guest, curator, juror, consultant, published writer, public speaker, and all around great person, Amy L.A. Smith. Mm. I would also like to thank you, the viewer, for tuning in. Enjoy your day, everyone. Thank you.